Blog Talk Radio. Well, that was then, and this is now. So, welcome to the first edition of Off the Rails Uncensored via Brian Rails. And, uh, well, let's see here. It's the one, the only. Who the hell else? On the recording line, no, on your Hot 97, nope. Right here on Off the Rails. Brian Rails. Let's get started with this wrestling and stuff. Because, well, we have a lot to talk about. And... I am going to start with NXT, and then later on we'll be discussing AEW Dynamite. But first things first, let's start off with WWE. We've got the show before TakeOver War Games, and I have been to several of said TakeOver War Games in Texas. Sorry if I'm offended with the fake accent, but, you know. Anyways... So to start off the night, let's have a TakeOver War Games Advantage Ladder Match in the women's. That would be Kaylee Ray versus Dakota Kai. And these two are no strangers to each other. Got to get myself situated. Kaylee Ray and Dakota Kai went back and forth. It was a very chaotic match, but in the end, Kaylee Ray ended up winning her match and getting gaining her team the advantage for TakeOver War Games. Now... Let's see here. Okay. Cameron Crimes and Duke Hudson. They showed a lot of recap between these two. And you know what? It wasn't it wasn't a terrible idea, I guess, to have Cameron Grimes have his hair shortened just a smidgen. And now him and Duke Hudson are clearly feuding. So moving on, you had an Andre Chase promo. This guy is your by-the-book, I'm-an-asshole type heel. Is that a bad thing? No. Is that a good thing? Eh, It's here and there. So, then, let's see, BYV was seen doing some crazy crap, transporting whatever they were trying to transport, I don't know. And then you had Cameron Grimes versus Andre Chase. And Duke Hudson tried to run interference. So, there's that. Cameron Grimes ended up winning the match. Let's see. So, then you see Carmelo Hayes, Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, and Tony D'Angelo. In the ring, basically stating that, yeah, NXT Black and Gold have become the foundation. They set the foundation for us, but now we want a bigger prize. We want all the gold. We want the opportunities that they claim they help create for us. Blah, blah, blah. Johnny Gargano comes out and interrupts. Okay? And then he volunteered, you know, Johnny. Johnny Wrestling volunteered for a match between himself and Braun Breaker for the men's Takeover War Games Advantage Ladder Match. So let's see here. Do pretty do Legado del Fantasmo. Yawn. Santos Escobar is not a bad talent, but Yawn, seriously. Um, let's see here. MSK, let's see. Skip Legado del Fantasma. They just, I'm sorry. It's been done before. Zion Quinn comes out. Then Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner. They went by the Eliminator versus Legato del Fantasma. Imperium. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner had a confrontation, folks. A confrontation. So imagine that. Joe Gacy. I like this guy. This 
kind of a creepy version of uh, Kevin Owens in a way. Good guy, good wrestler. Anyways, Joe Gacy talked about the Cruiserweight Championship and how it's going to change and how there's no more limitations and no barriers. Yeah, good old Joe Gacy, right? Moving on. Okay, let me look here. Solo Sokoyo. He faced off with somebody who was making their in-ring debut. I got to tell you, this guy, I don't know where they're going to put him, but I I don't even know if um, they have, like, (laughs) they have space for him, but he's a good wrestler. I don't know where in NXT that he fits in. So there's that. Okay. And uh, let's see here. Boa runs in with his face painted. I mean, this is kind of a weird thing that WWE is doing right now with Boa. Like, supposedly, he doesn't know what's going on. And supposedly, there's just a lot of shit going on with this this whole Boa being out of character. It's kind of like theatrical, very odd, if you will. So, if you must know, Indy Hartwell and Persia Parata. They ended up winning their tag team match. Sorry, I'm taking long pauses in between because I really didn't show any interest between the fact that Indy Hartwell and Parata are a team. They're great, uh, great wrestlers, but okay. All right. Moving on. There was this dude. His name was Gargano. He's been with NXT forever and a day. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm just singing. It's very late at night. Okay, anyways, Gargano versus Braun Breaker. So, this is the, this is the, this is the deal, right? Braun Breaker and Johnny Gargano put on one hell of a show. And, though, it was a chaotic match. Braun Breaker ended up winning the advantage for his team at TakeOver War Games. So, yeah, man. That was the take-home show before TakeOver War Games. So, it is what it is, folks. TakeOver War Games. All right, let's move on to this shit. All right. Okay, well. This started off with the women's takeover. Io Shirai, Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, and Kaylee Ray. They went toe-to-toe with Toxic Attraction, which includes Gigi Dolan, J.C. Jane, Mandy Rose, and their tag team partners, Dakota Kai. Okay, so KV Ray started off the match, and Gigi Dolan. This was, ladies and gentlemen, if you will, a fight. And these women brutalize each other with kendo sticks, baseball bats. Io Shirai did a moonsault onto a trash can. That lady is absolutely batshit insane. Um, Cora Jade, wow. You talk about someone who I thought was just going to be an NXT step-on, you know, one-hit wonder. Like, hi, thanks for coming for this sip of coffee. This particular superstar shocked the hell out of me. 
And um, unlike Survivor Series, this is do or die. So the rules are you cannot exit the cage or your team loses. And if, you know, a person decides to do a pinfall or submission, that's it. So to speed things up, through all this chaos, through all the kendo sticks, the twisting corkscrew moonsault of you know, done by Cora Jade. She took a knee, a running knee from Mandy Rose and survived to tell the tale. Cora Jade has got it, man. She is like, I don't know if she's the second coming of Bailey, but could be. I mean, she's kind of not like the stoner lady version of Bailey, which is kind of, I'm sorry, that, that imagery came in my mind because of her discussion with Raquel Gonzalez tonight on NXT the Aftermath Show after Takeover. So anyways, um, let's see here. Team Black and Gold was backstage, and it was like a good old pep talk from L.A. Knight, Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano. Every single person took their rounds, you know, verbally talking about what they were going to do to Team 2.0. And then... You saw MSK, Erm Oscar. Those two are characters, I tell you. That's all I can say. Um, let's see here. Kyle O'Reilly and Von Wagner versus Imperium for the NXT Tag Team Championships. Well, I mean, for what it's worth, Kyle O'Reilly, ever since Undisputed Era, has split up. Um, he hasn't gotten lost in the shuffle. It's just there's been – it's hard to place him. And this match was eh, – it wasn't terrible. It wasn't – it wasn't spectacular. It wasn't on-your-feet type of match. But at the end, something intriguing happened. whoop do you fucking do You knew this was going to happen, folks. Von Wagner tried to basically turn his turn his back. He did decide to turn his back on his quote-unquote friend, Kyle O'Reilly, who saw this coming from a mile away. Okay, so then Ikman Jiro, I mean, this dude is hilarious. I don't know why they're doing fun. And yet again in WWE, but sure, why not? Let's eat three gallons of ice cream, strawberry, chocolate, vanilla, but that's besides the point. He literally was on the shitter. And he was, I don't want to imitate a Japanese dude because I will sound totally racist if I do, okay? <laughs> but here's the deal. Santos Escobar was interviewed. Who cares? Duke Hudson versus Cameron Grimes in a hair versus hair match. I think WWE let go, and then they, you know, they decided, okay, let's let's give these guys a go. It was, it was a very comical thing to happen when Cameron Grimes won with the uh, cave-in, I believe it is. He won and shaved some of Duke Hudson's hair. There were clumps of it all over the ring. It was like good old days, right? It was like the good old days. Anyways. Roderick Strong versus Joe Gacy, yawn. Ikman Jiro is another funny vignette where he's seen ordering f- more food and on the crapper again. So, Kyle O'Reilly was interviewed backstage by Mackenzie Mitchell, and he said, I saw that turn coming a mile away. I don't know <laughs> whether to laugh or just cry for you, dude. It was inevitable that we saw it coming or what have you that Kyle O'Reilly's former tag team partner who looks like a dude from Game of Thrones or just a Neanderthal's face I and mean, he really does Von Wagner's face looks like the one of the guys off from Night of the Museum but that's besides the point so men's war game so 2.0 Ron Breaker Carmelo Hayes with Trick Williams and Tony D'Angelo and Grayson Waller. Facing Team Black and Gold, which consisted of 
So Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, L.A. Knight, Pete Dunne. Let's see here. Yep. Johnny Gargano, Ciampa, Pete Dunne, L.A. Knight. Those are good dudes, right? So to begin the match, you had Johnny Gargano. And Carmelo Hayes. Now, I won't go into detail about how the men's match was basically essentially one big giant highlight reel, one big giant waterfall, because there's two rings, one very large cage, and details are not fuzzy, but I know that uh, Dexter Loomis showed up. I also know that Braun Breaker essentially dominated majority of this match because he was his team had the full advantage but it was cool to see Pete Dunne joint manipulating again basically picking the hell out of uh, picking up Grayson Waller and taking out the glove and sticking his fingers in between that steel girder you know, right where the ring, you know, separates for the two rings. And like every War Games match, everyone has a line to be drawn. And so Black and Gold beat the ever-living shit out of 2.0. But Brown Breaker in the end speared Ciampa into the table. One, two, three. And that was taken with War Games. So if you want my honest opinion on thing I you know it wasn't bad and the standouts for me were Core Jade, Io Shirai um, pretty much you know these these men and women put their bodies on the line and they you know the very next night you know not next night but they had to wait till Tuesday and Gargano on his Twitter said that he had something to tell the entire world um that would be a profound announcement because I will go over NXT 2.0. Whew, this is a lot of review. This is a lot of review. So, to start off the night, though, Kylo Riley versus Von Wagner inside a steel cage. Um, I can tell you, you know, from the very get-go, Kylo Riley really did put his heart and soul in the match, got empathy from the crowd, whatever. At the end, Bob Wagner beat the ever-living shit out of him, slamming the cage door on Kyle O'Reilly not once, not twice, but three times. The steel to the face. Yeah. Gargano, his highlight of what I just discussed to you, what he said, you know, this was, you know, no script, nothing. On the real, Johnny Gargano said, I have something to tell you all on Tuesday. Whatever that shall be, and I will tell you all later. So, Braun Breaker came out and basically said, Black and Gold gained the respect of every single one of the members who fought in this war, but in the end, I want to be the NXT champion. Because he talked about Ciampa beating him. He talked about him beating Ciampa. So I have a feeling at another TakeOver or at another NXT event, we will see Braun Breaker versus Tommaso Ciampa, big shocker there. Moving on, we have Briggs and Jen- I like Briggs and Jensen because it's kind of like, well, are they the second coming of the Smoking Guns, or are they in comparison to uh, APA? So let's see here. And this was versus the Creed Brothers. Holy fudgeolas! Briggs and Jensen are like your rough and tough dudes, but this one, you know, if it wasn't for uh, GYV taking the tag rope away, <laughs> it's kind of funny. Comical match, you know, Briggs or Jensen, you know, those two look very, they're different, but someone got to roll up one, two, three, and in the end process, uh, let's see here. Somehow... McKenzie interviewed Von Wagner, and it was, I 
it because I did it. Cricket, cricket, chirp, chirp. The dude's big. Like I said, he looks – his face is a blend of great colleague and one of the dudes off of Night in the Museum. I'm, I'm just saying. I, I'm sorry, folks. I get distracted. So anyways. Ah, yes. The new Duke Hudson. Well, I mean – Whew. He came out looking like um, one of those 1800s dudes, you know, like Beethoven with the blown away, but then he had to add the uh, wrestling gear. I don't quite know what it's like, wrestling straps or whatever to keep his uh, fake hair on. Anyway, so moving on, Cameron Grimes then challenged him to a no-holds-barred match, and... Um, I don't know where this is headed. I think that Cameron Grimes may or may not get his head shaved. It's kind of an odd sequence of things how WWE is working right now. Um, let's see here. Carmelo Hayes versus Dexter Loomis. I got to say, you know, Dexter Loomis's offense through this match, it wasn't bad. But, you know... Carmelo Hayes is stooge, interferes quite a bit in this match, ends up getting disqualification because, well, he couldn't stay away from Dexter Loomis. And that was that. But Dexter Loomis, you know, stared the shit out or stared the crap out of him down Trick Williams. It's kind of a funny name to give a dude, but, you know. Okay. So, backstage, you have <laughs> Ikmin, Yiro, Jiro, and Kushida congratulating Briggs and Jensen. So, imagine, folks, a new version of APA and possibly a new version of Kayentai with Kushida. And Ikmen Jiro. Anyways, Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter. Woo! They went on to see a concert with those two gentlemen, Briggs and Jensen, while GYV and Ikmen Jiro brawl. So it kind of felt like old school WWE to me. To me. Okay. Ron Breaker. Let's see here. No, let's see. Ah, Grayson Waller. He was seen in the back parking lot, basically trying to get his flirt on with the with the. Let's see, I don't know her name, but anyway, she he was get, trying to get his flirt on. Then L.A. Knight essentially took over. Okay. MSK finally revealed who the tag team shaman would be, and that would be Bro from RK Bro, the stallion himself, Matt Riddle. And um, I got I gotta tell you this, guys. I was not expecting the shaman to be Matt Riddle. I was expecting the way they had drummed it up made it look like the Undertaker. No offense. The Undertaker knows a thing too about tag teams, and I guess he's retired from wrestling and wants to stay retired. Anyways, they showed a whole entire recap of MSK's career, which is was cheesy. It was it fit the message, I guess. And then Riddle had something in that bag. I don't know what the hell it was, but you never know. You never, never know. So Mandy Rose is seen on the Tron hyping up J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan. They said they're going to take care of grown women business. Alright. So, let's see here. Ah, Tiffany Stratton promo. How many rich chick gimmicks has there been in WWE? I don't know, and I don't care. 
So Kaylee Ray, Raquel Gonzalez, and Cora Jade were seen backstage. And then the coolest thing ever, dude, is when someone in professional wrestling announces that they're going to become, well, it took him a long while, but Johnny Gargano is going to be a father. Yay! And it's going to happen in February. I don't know if Johnny's leaving just yet. I mean, him and Grayson Waller, Grayson Waller did attack Johnny Gargano after the news was relayed. So, yeah, congratulations to Johnny Gargano and Candice. They're having a baby boy. Isn't that cool? I'm all giddy for that. Oh, my God. Okay. So, allow me to play you something that is going to eventually lead into what I like to call... A true moment where a table, somebody went through a table and it was lit on fire. But this moment was not forced. This, you know, Foley, Mick Foley does anything with a table, with a steel cage, falling off hell in a cell, anybody. The point is, let me play you all something that will refresh some of your memories if you haven't already forgotten. So... I will get to that match because it was the main event. It was an Atlanta street fight between Cody Rose and Andrade El Idolo that prompted me to drag up that moment from WrestleMania between Mick Foley, Edge, and Lita. themselves over, forcing themselves to get over and just really didn't quite pan out the way Cody may have wanted because half I'll get to it. I will get to it. So there was a lot of commentators on Dynamite. A lot of guest commentators filling in for none other than the incomparable legendary voice of wrestling himself. One of many JR, good old JR Jim Ross is battling skin cancer, so he's getting chemo treatments and Godspeed, dude. God love you. Um so Hangman Page came out because Brian Danielson has of late been challenging members from the Dark Order in their hometown. And thus far, he's been very good with results and getting, well, victories. And Brian Danielson and Alan Angels basically squared off of one another. And basically, Brian Danielson kicked his face in, as he said he was going to do. So... The lights went out, oh no. So, all I'm going to say is, it was a fairly back-and-forth match. Brian Danielson ended up submitting him with a knee lock. And then Tony Schiavone interviewed Brian Danielson. And what Brian Danielson essentially said was, maybe I'm not going to face Hangman Page just yet. I'm going there. I hear there's another Dark Order member from so and so. So then John Silver came to the ring. Hi ho, Silver! Away. <laughs> Brian Danielson is the perfect. I wouldn't say ticker tape heel. No, he is the perfect bad guy in this whole instance. Because once upon a time, people will still chant yes, 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 and no, no, no. Go figure, a trademark that actually stuck with somebody. Anyways, I'm getting beyond the point. So, then there was a Miro promo. You know, Miro promo is not bad. It's just kind of like, what's what's your what's your purpose type thing. Um, let's see, Lee Moriarty versus CM Punk. Then the second commentator that came out and accompanied. The commentators, Tony Schiavone and Excalibur, MJF, came out. Uh, you know, Punk almost got upset by Moriarty multiple times, but, you know, CM Punk has been doing his thing. And one, two, three, there it went. So, 
and that was a GTS for the finish. So let's see here. There was banter back and forth, and CM Punk gets the microphone, and then he goes up the freaking ramp, and who better to greet him than Wardlow? Dear God, man. <laughs> MJF is like the, I would say, I'd be safe betting saying this. He is your textbook heel who got a wake-up call, and now CM Punk is helping his ass along. So... Let's see here. Then we see Tony Schiavone interviewing Britt Baker. And let's see what else. My God, Adam Cole joins commentary. Dear Lord. Oh, but Orange Cassidy came out and tried to ruin the moment. And by ruin the moment, I mean Adam Cole is part of the special treat for us all to see, right? And, well, the Young Bucks, who said they were not cleared to wrestle, came out and did, you know, the light super gig, which was hilarious, because Orange Cassidy does the puts his hands in his pocket bullshit, and I'm, you know, kind of glad he got his face kicked in. Sorry. I'm not a big Orange Cassidy fan. Uh, let's see. It was a squash match between Casey Adonis no, wait, wait, yeah, and Wardlow, who was supposedly, Sean Spears is supposed to help guide him, according to MJF. Shivani interviewed Penta and Ray, and skipping forward, Gun Club versus Darby Allen and Sting. It's always a treat to see Sting, a living legend, wrestle. And, you know, it was very back and forth. Darby Allen, we're going to just fast forward this review real quick. So it's Darby Allen gives a stunner sting with Scorpion Death Drop. One, two, three. The Gun Club is no longer undefeated on AEW. Period. So there's a lot of undefeated streaks ending in AEW. Okay. Alex Varvez. Interviewed Chris Jericho, and Jericho got the hell beat out of him. He was interviewed, asked about why he helped uh, Eddie Kingston, and then he got the crap beat out of him. So, fair is fair, I guess. Fair is fair is love is war. My partner in crime says he doesn't listen to anything Jericho says. I don't know. Here and there with me. So, I don't really care. (laughs) Jade Cargill and Thunder Rosa's confrontation... Uh, Ruby Soho versus Chris Stratlander. Ruby Soho advances now to face Nyla Rose in the semifinals of the TBS Women's Championship Tournament. And you made a hint. Now, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, the following content contains explicit language not suitable for minors under the age of 18. Any replication or duplication of off-the-rails uncensored is prohibited, is strictly prohibited by law. Off-the-rails uncensored is a trademark podcast from March 7, 2016. Any usage of the coin or phrase off-the-rails uncensored, again, is strictly prohibited by law and is currently copyrighted. If you are caught doing so, there will be a $45 fine. But enough of this blathering. Now, let me... There was a main event, but uh, before that, I'm going to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can understand. And during the few moments that we have left, we want to talk right down to earth in a language that everybody here can easily understand.
Okay, ladies and gentlemen. There was a main event featuring Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, versus Andrade Alidolo. Now, I don't know about people who try to force things when there's, you know, nothing really there, and they insist that they know practically everything there is to know about professional wrestling, whether it be mic skills or pure wrestling, or better yet, there are those of us who feel that what was done throughout the entire match, trying to get yourself over is one thing, but what Cody and Andrade Alito did, it wasn't a terrible match, it just the spot that really caught my attention throughout that entire match, because I fell asleep through some of it, sorry. I know that Cody and them are great wrestlers. I know that I have nothing but respect for them, but there's some things that I want to point out. The fake hell on your back. Dude, get the fuck out of here. His Brandy Rhodes lighting the table on fire. We trying to capture WWE nostalgia between Mick Foley, Lita, and Edge. I mean, not once did Mick Foley have his moment. I mean, they did have a match at ECW One Night Stand where Edge and Mick Foley were tag team partners and did have the hell beat out of them by Tommy Dreamer and Terry Funk. Okay. What does that have to do with Cody Rhodes and Andrade El Idolo? Foley's moments are either by intention like him falling off hell in a cell, or or his matches created so much history in wrestling that you really can't take it away from that man. That man has went through, let's see here, tables, announce tables, steel steps, arena steps. Hell, that dude, he can barely tie his shoe. What am I getting at? Cody Rhodes... Uh, Essentially, when he wrestles a match now versus the match he wrestles in two years ago, the crowd reactions are completely organic the first year that AEW was in existence. Two, he tried so severely to get the crowd in Atlanta to just go head over heels for him. Your girl lit you on fire. Andrade Alidolo had to put you out when you were getting in a predicament because you, I mean, I don't, can anyone do a table spot, you know, with fire? Sure. It's called the independence. I mean, sure, it's not on national televised broadcast on TNT, but what I'm saying to you is, dude, just be yourself. We said this multiple times already. Cody Rhodes is a great wrestler. There's just one thing. No, he will never fill the shoes of his dad. No, he will not be the measure of Triple H. But, you know, what's funny is, like, every single time thus far now, it's just like he's the main event for a reason. He, you know, he involves himself with other talent. He lets the other talent have some kind of uh, interaction with him regardless whether it's good or bad main event, non-main event I mean it's hard trying to get over with an audience period when you're wrestling or managing or God, I don't know what else other scenario to uh, bring up here but the match itself wasn't terrible there are times, though, that in, during this match that, I, again, I will tell you, I didn't start paying attention until I heard, oh, no, he's not going to do this. But allow me to play you again what's organic. Because I know this is just going to be a repeat, but I figure I would emphasize the moment, if you will. Oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh, oh my God! 
Foley is one prime example of organic reactions from a crowd. Now, I could go through here playing organic reactions from an audience, from a wrestling audience, so on and so forth. They were in Atlanta. They were in Cody's backyard. And the sad part is, it was like a John Cena reaction. It wasn't good. It wasn't bad. Um, It garnered a reaction that made people say to themselves, we just paid whatever we paid for a front row seat to have some guy be so disingenuous with his shit. What do I mean by disingenuous? When somebody is not on the level doing something that should come natural to you, Wrestling, I repeat, wrestling has always had your basic good guys and bad guys. Cody Rhodes has become a villain by accident. Mm, I don't think they will like me, so let's throw my belt buckle into the crowd. You do want to talk about not wanting to be like WWE, well then, that's not purely WWE. That's basically has proved my point about some of what AEW has been doing, and that is their main events have gotten stronger and presenting a message to the crowd. But at the same time, the message gets muddled a little bit if the person who is part owner in this whole thing, the owner, his wife getting involved, I mean, (laughs) it just screams WrestleMania moment with Mick Foley Edge. It also screams ECW and prior to, no, yeah, ECW or WCW with Cactus Jack or anybody that would be willing to put themselves through all that mental turmoil going through a table that's lit on fire. (laughs) Being speared through a pot at the elimination chamber. What am I getting at? Cody Rhodes' moment where he had to be put out by Andrade El Idolo because he realized he would just... He took more of the brunt end of it. Is there a perfect way to land to a table that's being lit on fire? I don't think so, but if it's done properly, who knows? People are nitpickers anyway, so my only nitpick was the shit felt so disingenuous. I mean, if if you had gel on your back, shouldn't that shit have fucking really ignited you? I mean, Cody Rose's skin probably looks like charred fucking barbecue right now, but the point is If I'm falling asleep during some of your match, it's not because by choice, but there were certain elements of the match that didn't look and feel all that great. And on top of that, with Cody Rhodes main eventing again, it's like, okay, so are we as the audience, are we supposed to adapt to your new feuds? Because, I mean... When he was feuding with the inner circle, great, cool. Now they're giving the fans a new look in different aspects of of their show. But uh, when you main event, shouldn't you bring it to the top instead of just keep it in the middle? Also, when guys seem to force moments, I mean, or force themselves on the crowd, sometimes it's by accident, sometimes it's the promoter's fault. Other times in this instance with Cody Rhodes main eventing with Andrade El Idolo or he's in an eight-man tag, I don't really fucking care. Just can you please be yourself? Also, you know, my partner in crime and I were discussing this. Cody Rhodes and Brandy Rhodes. If they were to heal it up, become a heel couple, kind of like how Stephanie and Hunter were. You guys might have something, might have something 
to where if Hangman Page got that title taken away. And I know some people are going to be like, don't give them ideas. Well, it actually might help because sometimes AEW can be, well, like every wrestling company. Mm. So, in conclusion, my own rant, don't be a disingenuous asshole who tries to force themselves on the crowd because otherwise it's just going to sound something like this. Let's go Rhodes. Rhodes sucks. God, let's go Cody. Cody sucks. Well, isn't that reminiscent of somebody who's been gone from wrestling for quite a while? Just trying to point out Captain Obvious that this match had a comical moment where, well, my part, like I said, he literally got lit on fire by his wife. Brandy lit the table on fire. She was just pouring it on there like, oh, it's a barbecue. Let's just pour this amount. Let's pour that amount. Boom, light that bitch on fire. And Cody in the process. It shit happens, dude. Really? Well, could you have done it? Could you have done it? I'm like, dude, I'd probably be so fucking bad going off the top buckle doing a tornado DDT into the table that was lit on fire. And what's worse is if your opponent has to put you out, it doesn't make it a bad match. But for those who pay attention, I guess, I mean, I literally have to report this to you guys. In a timely fashion, simply because, or an orderly fashion, because if I don't, I just go off the rails completely. So, as I was saying, in conclusion, don't be a disingenuous dickbag. Alright, just make it to where you are yourself. Which is kind of hard in wrestling because, I mean, Cody Rhodes does have big shoes to feel in his dad, the American Dream. His brother, for the same matter, not respect to Dustin because Dustin kicks ass. Okay? Just do the best that you can to where audiences are not. It's easier said than done because right now, some of us feel like you're mainstream. Others of us feel like that match with Andrade El Idolo, it wasn't the tip of the iceberg for me. I really don't care. I really, honestly, I've never really given Cody Rhodes a thought other than, okay, he's not bad looking, but his wrestling skills, I mean, dude, you know, can seriously do some ups, broke his toe off a of moonsault, uh, took an unprotected chair shot, Got his face kicked in by Malachi Black. He's won the championship, folks. But, I mean, like I said, there's so many false narratives on some of his stuff. Like, he all of a sudden became a hardcore wrestler. I mean, at least you're trying, I guess. That's all I can tell. I have a hankering, dude, or a an affinity for guys from ECW. And I don't know... What they would say, they'd probably say, good try, thumbs up, whatever, dude. I don't know. But in that moment, I started thinking to myself, where have I seen this before? I'm not going to play the clip a third time, but you guys know where I'm going with this. Cody Rhodes, um, he said he's, he's got skills. They're basic. He's main eventing. That's great, but is there some kind of resentment like Triple H and him did not coexist quite well together? Because, I mean, there's several moments that have been taken from WWE's uh, old clip, you know, old uh, library in Peacock. So, where am I going with this? Be yourself, and the rest should follow, because this applies to anything for that matter. So, with that being said, I am going to just 
take a nice beauty rest. And for those who didn't like what you said, these are not direct reflections or viewpoints from the companies AEW or WWE themselves. If you'd like to download this episode of Off the Rails Uncensored, you can do so on iTunes for free, or you can listen along on the stream after on Blog Talk Radio. It does take about two hours to master and record. Download the episode on iTunes for free 24 hours after the episode airs. Cheap plug. Alright, that'll do it. I'm Pizza Simpson and myself this Saturday for the New Year's extravaganza. The New Year's Award Show wrestler breakout of the year. Oh wait, should I give away all the categories? No! It's like a fucking teaser in a movie theater. You'll see it when you see it in the premiere. We'll be hot. There's only one thing to do. Talk like Macho Man? Maybe. Alright. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rims had to say, I respect you. Booker Man. Take me home, maestro. If you could, please. For real. If you didn't like what good old Brian Rails had to say, then I got three choice words for you. Forget about it. Tell those bitches I gotta get some beauty rest. For real. For real. Coco 